Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast and the first episode of our new 12-part series with Cloudera, where we'll be covering a variety of subjects from edge to AI, security and governance, open source, and in these first three episodes, we'll be looking at everything around cloud-native data management. I'm Scott Taylor, the Data Whisperer, and I'm delighted to be your host for this podcast series. I'm the principal consultant at MetaMeta Consulting. We help organizations tell their data story by reinforcing the strategic value of proper data management. Now, in today's podcast, I'll be speaking with Paul McKay, EMEA Cloud Lead at Cloudera. Our conversation will focus on how to drive a more consistent experience for data and analytics across on-premise and cloud environments. With the demands of digital transformation coupled with an ever-growing list of use cases for data, Cloudera suggests that businesses move to an enterprise data cloud. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. Before we get started, can you give us a little background on your experience? Pleasure to be here. Thanks very much. So my experience, I've been in the uh, the industry 20 plus years, various roles along the way, but with the last four or five years of real focus on cloud, recently moving into more focus around data analytics. So really pleased to be here, really looking forward to our conversation. Wonderful. Let's start with the basics. So what is an enterprise data cloud and why exactly do businesses require one? Well, okay. So this is a kind of killer question that I get asked all the time. So as I'm talking to organizations and to kind of set the scene, right? If you look within any business today, there are a number of things that they need to do in order to be more relevant in their marketplace, provide a better service to their customers, do things more efficiently. And technology has a huge role in all of that, right? And I think we've got to a point as an industry and a society where we recognize this. If you talk to any CEO or any CIO in any region and you ask them about a list of things they were looking to do or projects, the list you'd get back would be pretty consistent, right? You'd hear words like IoT and blockchain and augmented reality and virtual reality and maybe big words like AI and machine learning. And the thing that's interesting about that is that all of those technologies are all underpinned by one thing, and that's data. And so whether you know it or not yet, you are going to be in the data game. And so an enterprise data cloud is there and it's something to help you make sense as you go through your journey, whether you're just starting or you're right at the end. And fundamentally, it's based on kind of four key principles. The first one is that you should be able to use your data or run your data analytics in uh, any place that's suitable for you. So whether that's within the walls of your data center on a private cloud on a public cloud or multiple public clouds, or across multiples of those in hybrid. The second thing is that an enterprise data cloud needs to provide is that it needs to provide you with an end-to-end data lifecycle. So this is right the way from taking data or collecting data, ingesting data it through to sorting it, doing some analysis and deriving value from it, right through to then thinking how I can use predictive models to kind of do even further, smarter things with that data. The third thing is that you need to have consistent security and governance wherever you're doing that across the whole platform. And the fourth thing is that it needs to be open. And open means two things. One, that ideally this should be based on open source technology. The reason why is because the rate and the pace of innovation with open source is second to none. 
but two, that it should be open and available to integrate into your other systems. So an enterprise data cloud is a solution that encompasses those four things, whether you're right at the beginning of your data analytics journey or whether you're right at the advanced end looking at things like machine learning and and artificial intelligence. That's a great way to set it up. And I certainly agree. My experience is similar when you talk to these enterprises at a certain level, their challenges, their opportunities are much more the same than they are different. And I think we can both bring that perspective as we talk to a lot of different kinds of companies. Right. So just thinking again, strategically, do organizations need to have a cloud initiative by use case and workload rather than by business units? Or should it be, or could it be more effective to look at the cloud more holistically as part of an enterprise strategy? An interesting phrase within your question there, or two words was business unit. The reason why my kind of ears picked up is that when business units do this, what we all know is shadow IT, right? So business unit walks around the corner to IT. They say, hey, I want to stand up a new data set or I want to do some deep analytics on something. And IT turn around and they say, well, of course we can help you, but you just need to give us like four to five weeks because I've got to buy infrastructure. I've got to stand it up. I've got to do all the things that IT have to do. And what happens when IT say that is a business unit goes with their credit card to a hyperscaler. And all of a sudden, your data is somewhere where you're not in control of it as a CIO, which is a very bad place to be. In answer to your question, you have to look at it holistically. And when you or when I certainly look inside most organizations, they are going to have applications and data sets that live in three kind of core places. The first one is within the data center. And I think we've gotten over as an industry, the fact that the data center was dead, which is if you talk to anyone like three years ago, they were all in on public cloud and they would sell their properties, never have to buy a storage array again. But stuff is going to live there for reasons we'll come on to later. More and more things are going to live in the public cloud. The reason why they're going to live in the public cloud and one of the things that the public cloud gives you that you don't necessarily always associate with the data center is speed and agility and the ability to innovate quicker. So the fact that I have untapped compute resource on demand, right? That I can easily spin up something. I can easily test it. I can fail. I can do it again. Makes public cloud very popular. And the third location, the kind of growing and booming one is the edge. So as more and more things collect data, more and more often you're going to need to have some form of processing at that data source in order to derive value of it. So for most organizations, data workloads are going to live across these three locations. So you you have to have a holistic view of how you implement a strategy that caters for that and how you implement a strategy that allows you the flexibility to move between them as necessary and reverse decisions that you make. Because we live in a period of a world where you, you you don't have to live and die by a decision. If I put something in public cloud and I deem that actually that's not the right place, I need the flexibility and choice to be able to move that back out to my data center, for example. So to answer your question, it has to be a holistic enterprise-wide approach because that's the only way that you're going to get the flexibility that you need to run your workloads in the right place for you. That's great. And enterprise data cloud, by definition, would be across the enterprise. And your point about business units is well taken. You just create another silo. And that S word is something that many data leaders are trying to avoid, creating more silos. So what choices do organizations need to make when they start to implement this strategy? And how should they leverage cloud correctly? 
So you've got a couple of basic things that each organization will have to go through when they're looking at how do I implement the correct cloud strategy? And, you know, let's kind of level set on cloud, right? So let's talk about what private cloud is. Private cloud is your data center, but it has the operating model that you'd associate with a cloud. That meaning you have things like automation and orchestration at the heart of everything you do. It means that you can probably do chargeback and showback and you can probably do some self-service. So it's delivering a cloud-like experience, but within the walls of your data center. So that's private cloud. Just build it on top of your DC. The way you do that is you use uh, additional levels of software to kind of drive all those things I just talked about. You then have public cloud, which we all understand and know, and you have the hyperscalers, and then you have thousands, if not you know tens of thousands of smaller regional public cloud providers in different countries all over the world that provide different services. And so when you look at those two things on their own, by default, if you have something that lives in your private cloud and you have something that lives in your, for example, like one of the hyperscalers, you've actually got two silos right there. And you just mentioned the silo words and and it was perfect timing. The reason why you've got two silos is you have two completely different sets of skills that you need to run and manage those environment. You've got two completely management and orchestration stacks You've got two completely different formats of data, where that data lives, of the workloads that sit on top of it. And you've got two completely different ingress and egress processes associated with those locations. So this is the challenge that organizations face by using multi-cloud, because very, very quickly you build up management overheads that for most CIOs, they've been trying to kind of get rid of for the past five, 10 years. What hybrid cloud is, is hybrid cloud is how you can use software to abstract those physical locations to deliver you a consistency across both those places. That meaning that I should be able to log into a platform and I should be able to deploy something on my data center and then move it to a public cloud and I should be able to do that in the same tool set, using the same control plane, using the same skill sets without having to go under the hood and go into those platforms underneath. And the reason why that's so important is because that is the simplest, most agile, most efficient way for you to manage your workloads across those locations, especially as the location requirements change, which they will over the life cycle of a data set or any given workload that's using that data set. You really keep that consistent experience and you reinforce, way to think about it, the horizontal value across all those different implementations. You brought up data and data management, and I have a particular interest in that part of the space. What are some of the data management implications of moving to an enterprise data cloud? Data is the key to all of this, as we kind of covered at the top of the program, whether you know that yet or not as an organization. And so what typically happens in this kind of multi-cloud world is that as you have different workloads and data sets in these different places, you end up building these data silos. And what I mean by data silo is that in each location, you'll have your own catalog, your own schema, your own security and governance modeling, your own access control. So what happens is if you need to access that data from somewhere else, or you need to move that data, you need to go through a whole process of setting up those things again. And so this is incredibly inefficient. It means that you constantly suffer from like inaccurate duplicated data 
that can actually impact bottom line, especially if you look at financial institutions who have to do governance reporting. If their data is all over the place and these different schemas and catalogs and security and governance profiles associated with it, it's incredibly hard to standardize that. So one of the principles that we talked about of an enterprise data cloud is that you should have consistent security and consistent governance across those locations. So you should have one data catalog that is like a comprehensive list of all of your data sets. You should have a single place where you can set role-based access for your data, meaning if a user comes into a platform, they can go and access data, whether it's on the data center or in a public cloud, and it's all controlled through one place rather than two. And at the same time, through that platform, you can get all of the kind of auditing lineage and all that kind of stuff that you need from a governance perspective, as well as the ability to replicate. And so that layer or that security, that consistent security and governance piece is without a shadow of a doubt, one of, if not the most important aspect when we talk about an enterprise data cloud, because without that, you're still going to have these silos. You're still going to face these issues that you would do if you were running in a multi-cloud world. Governance is absolutely key. And you just mentioned even the notion of duplicates. If those duplicates are about something called customer, it can wreak all kinds of havoc across the organization with differing views of the same customer and so on. So you've got to have data management scope across that entire enterprise. And in relation to that, what are some of the main issues organizations are going to face and how do they overcome them? So it kind of depends on where you are in your data and analytics journey, right? Because as an industry, and it's really easy to talk about because it's like the cool, sexy stuff like AI and autonomous vehicles and all those kind of things. But for most organizations, you can't even think about that until you've done some basic stuff about finding out where your existing data is, where you're going to be consuming more data from, how you sort that, and how you start to do basic value derivation on top of that data to start to understand some of the things that it can do for you. And so that's the first part, right, is you've got to get a grip on where you currently stand in your data analytics journey and start to think about how you can implement a pathway to those more predictive-based modeling tools. The second thing, and you know, arguably for some organizations, the harder thing is there's a whole people and process conversation that has to go alongside this. So you as an organization have to make sure that your teams are ready to live and work in this data-driven world, in these technologies that are imperative to your organization. And for most organizations, that involves like a shift change. That involves a retraining of staff, it involves an investment, and it involves taking your IT pros or your IT workers on a journey that then allows them to truly understand or to get the best out of them as you go onto that journey or you go on that journey through data lifecycle. I agree on the AI, kind of the sexy stuff that gets a disproportionate amount of attention. And I look at analytics and I look at data, I look at them separately. And analytics is really around deriving meaning. But before that, you've got to determine the truth. So I look at the data side as truth and the analytic side as meaning, and it's truth before meaning in my view. It's not a chicken or egg thing here. It is an egg and omelet. You got to determine the truth first before you derive any meaning out of it for sure. Because if your data is bad and your data is not good, you're not going to get any value out of it, right? Or it's going to be misinformation. So I completely agree with you. Completely agree. 
I'm very fond of saying good decisions made on bad data are just bad decisions you don't know about yet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Paul, this has been wonderful at the theoretical and conceptual level, but what kinds of things are you seeing organizations do within an enterprise data cloud? And people love stories. Can you give us a couple of use case examples, some specific customer deployment examples? You don't have to name any names, but if you can share some stories, I think our listeners would love that. Absolutely. And so the first thing is that we're seeing kind of three main trends as organizations look to adopt or make an enterprise data cloud strategy part of their data analytics strategy. And so I'll go through them and then I'll give you a kind of example, right? So the first one is the inability for IT to deliver a service that is deemed acceptable in the year 2020 through no fault of their own, but through legacy stuff that they have to deal with. So the first one is that when organizations are trying to drive this innovation that is being asked of them, specifically that is being asked of the CIO, where are these technology trends? What are we doing? How are we looking to improve all of the things we talked about at the beginning? The first use case we're seeing is that using an enterprise data cloud to be able to take a data set that currently exists on premise and go and leverage compute and storage capability from a cloud provider and do that in a way that is almost instant is super important. The reason why it's important is because it allows you to deliver a speed of service or a get value from that innovation you're trying to do much, much quicker because you're not bound by the rules of a data center. So for example, we're seeing organizations that today are running things with on their data center wall and developers and data scientists are trying to get access to data and they're trying to get hold of that so they can do maybe some machine learning modeling. Maybe they can start to really kind of train and understand how better they can use that good data. So the first use case would be in a enterprise data cloud world, what if I could take that data set? What if I can put it into a hyperscaler? And then what if I can leverage integrated Kubernetes and the ability to instantly spin up containers and microservices to then give those data scientists access to that data in a secure manner that allows them to do their modeling significantly faster than being able to do it on-prem. So the first one is this standing up projects faster, quicker, quicker to deliver a service to market through the use of public cloud. The second one that we see is organizations who are at this point in time struggling within their data centers and specifically struggling with the costs associated with them. This is both from a hardware, but also from a management overhead. So many organizations, they have full data centers and they're living in this world of this three-year hardware refresh because of Moore's law, the fact that you can get so much more for your buck three years after the last stuff you you just went out or you, you bought. And so organizations who are trying to reduce the cost associated with on-prem are looking to how through, again, an enterprise data cloud, so providing hybrid capability across on-premise and off-premise public cloud, how I can start to move some of those workloads away from the data center, freeing up physical space, freeing up physical hardware, but also, and super importantly, freeing up those management overheads that you would associate by running a data and analytics platform on-premise. And one of the things that an enterprise data cloud should give you is much higher levels of automation and orchestration so that instead of you as a data owner or 
an IT data architect having to spend your time building and managing these systems that are providing your data analytics platform, you should put that onto the vendor so that they spend their time delivering you a platform so that you can just go on top and do all of the things that you need to do. And the third one is around the idea of technology cost reduction. So again, we see many organizations that are spending a significant amount of time and money trying to basically build what is an enterprise data cloud. So taking point solutions in the market, trying to glue them and integrate them together to deliver things like the ability to run on any cloud and to give them a full data lifecycle capability and to give them consistent security and governance. And for most organizations, that is a task that is incredibly expensive. If you can do it, it's incredibly hard to do. And so the idea of an enterprise data cloud to them is incredibly attractive because it's just the simple button. It's like an an easy, very, very effective way to deliver all the things that you need, but having it pre-architected, pre-designed and pre-implemented in a platform that, again, just spans your data center as well as a public cloud. So they're the kind of three things that we're seeing in organizations trying to figure out the business value in those use cases. There are more, but I think they're probably the top three that we see time and time again. Especially on that last one, you find that situation where you've got an enterprise trying to build out that technology stack, and they're not really in the technology business. So to your point, they're either not good at it, so they need a partner externally, or in some cases, they're really good at it, and I'd suggest they're spending too much time and money on it. That's not their core competency. That's not what that business is in business to do. So that's why folks have to really look deeply at partnering with the right kind of services to be able to enable a lot of that stuff. Are there a couple of anecdotes that you might share with some specific deployments around some of the opportunities you just talked about? Yeah, so we currently working with financial service institution who are trying to figure out how they can leverage the burstability or the capability to access that compute on demand as they need it on a data set that currently sits within their data center wall in a way that does not breach their security in a way that does not mean they need to reskill and retrain. And so one of the first use cases we're seeing is organizations figuring out how do I burst a cloud? So how do I take something, a workload maybe that's currently running on my data center, move a data set, give my developers or my data scientists the capability to run that workload in the public cloud at a speed and using a level of agility and efficiency that we can't do as well as scale. So that would be like one really good one at the moment. And again, I'll reiterate on the the one I said, we've got many, many organizations that are trying to figure out how do they reduce their physical node count from their existing on-premise, big, large data analytics platforms because these things are expensive to run, because these things take time and consume you know, money and effort. And so picking off workloads, and one of the things we see is so identify your workload and use case, start small. We'll maybe pick up a basic workload and data set and we'll run that in the cloud for them. And then as they become more comfortable with that, again, through replication technology and again, through like this consistent secure and governance approach, we'll maybe pick up a bigger workload or something that's more complex and we'll start to move and migrate these workloads and these data sets that are mission critical from one place to another 
all in the same time, also whilst keeping them within the same ecosystem, the same platform, as well as giving them additional services and experiences as they move and upgrade that platform forward. So you start small, start to build some consensus, show some early wins, and then use that to increase the momentum to get a broader implementation? Absolutely. There's no right or wrong way, but for many organizations, that's actually a way that de-risks it for them. It gives them a clear pathway to leveraging a hybrid cloud strategy rather than having to just say, go all in on a public cloud or you have to stay on a data center that doesn't help them. So this gives them a pathway and an enterprise data cloud gives them the capability to expand and to start to understand themselves. Because by the way, there's no right and wrongs here. There's no rule book that you follow. For each organization, you will have different requirements around applications and workloads that will dictate where it lives. For example, like the classic one that comes up is like governance. You will have a set of rules and processes in place around your data set, probably defined by the country that you're in, as well as the industry that you work in, that will very clearly define whether you can run that in a public cloud or whether you can run that in a data center. And if the answer is that I have to run that in a data center, that's not a workload that you're going to move off. So you've got to identify these workloads. You've, you've got to start in a way that allows organizations to grow into their hybrid cloud strategy that isn't a big bang approach and that allows them to figure out and develop the skill sets they need in order to implement the strategy that's right for them. That was great. And I'd say my only rule in the rule book is how does this technology really enable and support the strategic intentions of that enterprise? How does it help build that business? So we're almost out of time here, Paul, but I'd love to, for you to share any last points or thoughts you want to make or, or reinforce. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I would just like to reinforce the the value of what we describe as an enterprise data cloud. So you're going to have workloads that run across multiple locations. That's the private cloud as well as the public cloud, and more and more commonly at the edge. And that you need a, you need a data analytics platform that allows you the flexibility to choose the right location for you. Fundamentally, being able to bring data in, process it, sort it, and then start to do some of the cool stuff on it around machine learning is also critical. Delivering consistent security and governance. If you can't do that, the other two things don't matter because all of a sudden you're just building up silos and you're unable to provide your users with the data in a secure way that not only they need, but you need. And finally, that this is an open system. You need to leverage the open source community, which we do. And we believe fundamentally in that because of the rate of innovation we can achieve through that. Why is that important for a customer? Well, you know, it's just continuously bringing additional levels of service and new functionality to these platforms. And the final thing I'll end on is that you don't know it yet as an organization, you are going to be a data and an analytics company. And so as you go on that journey, finding a platform that allows you to grow into it and to have different capabilities around different use cases is essential. And the stakes have never been higher. If you're not leveraging data and analytics, it's almost an existential decision for a lot of organizations. It's not a choice. So thank you again, Paul. I really enjoyed our conversation as well. And I appreciate your insights on today's podcast. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast series at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever major podcast platform you use. Thank you very much for listening and make sure to check out our next episode where we will continue our exploration of cloud and speak to Abbas Ricky, Managing Director, Global Head Strategy and Transformation at Cloudera about optimizing the cost of data and analytics with hybrid cloud. Until then, this is Scott Taylor, the Data Whisperer, reminding you that good decisions made on bad data 
are just bad decisions you don't know about yet. Cheers. You've been listening to the EM360 Podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com.